Yeah. Burnt rubber in a desert, which had rain. That's what I how I want to retire when I when I'm old. I want to be escorted to donuts. Yeah. On a Formula like One bakery track. donuts. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, you could you could have a donut shop on the Formula One track. That's also fine. Uh, uh, donuts and donuts. Mixing your fun with danger. Yeah. Put your oh, donut inside of your donut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exhibit. Eating donuts while doing donuts in a donut-shaped yeah, so track. Yeah, so you can donut while you donut. Uh, exhibit. That's a, that's a meme that's like what twelve years old. Never gets old. Twelve yeah. years young. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Right, well, um, speaking of delicacies, this is the Immaterial Gamers podcast. Uh, my name is Ryan, otherwise known as Not Him Again, and this is, what, episode 17? You're keeping track better so, than I am at this point. Yeah, it, yes. Um, it's just easy enough to count when you've got the list of uh, project files in front of you. It's cheating. Hmm. But I've, I've learned to do it. Um, just like like a game genie. It's always, you know, it's always good to have the cheats to hand. Uh, so, um, with me this week, we've got uh, my usual co-hosts. Well, one that's now long enough and on here to be now considered a usual co-host. But uh, yeah, so we've got uh, we've got Hell's Knights, we've got D, hey. and uh, we've got uh, Jeff Ada, and that's Duncan. That's me. Hello. Perfect. Now uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll get into the we'll get into the older. Uh, gist of things, get into that regular stuff, and I've just smacked my hand off a table and it hurt badly. Hmm. Nice. Nothing better than that's, uh, putting a finger open on on a podcast. That's a been there. Good, good idea. Yeah. Anyway, right, so we'll we'll start with the usual of the, you know, we, we, we play some games, some of us play a game, but uh, we'll get to playing or choosing one game that we played this week. We'll try and keep into that format, it seems to be working better. And uh, let's go with uh, we'll go with D. You've not um, been here for a few weeks, so. Uh, uh, well, the game I've been mostly playing on my own this week is uh, Sword Art Online Hollow Fragment. Yes, yes, so yeah. Uh, and if I start, if I, I'll probably start referring to it as just Sao. Yeah, it's probably a lot easier to say. So, I mean, um, even if, even if you even if you put it into um, you know just a full abbreviation on that point, what is that? Uh, S A O R H F because it's re hollow fragment I think it is or something like that isn't it? Sorf. Sorfing through the air like an igalelele. Well, basically, sort of online. It follows the anime. Well, sort of. It's an RPG, grinding RPG thing where it's meant to be you're meant to be playing as Kirito, the main character, yep. and you're trying to get to floor 100 of being stuck inside the game and not being able to log out. Ah, so slightly um, different from the from the anime in which point they normally get to the, well, they got to floor 75 and then the game shut down. Yeah, basically so, in this one Heathcliff dies and they don't escape. Heathcliff right. basically lied. Okay. Um, uh, so you're playing as if and you can't go back down to floor 75 or below. Hmm. So you've got to try and grind up the floors, but you've got to level you and your companions. The yeah, because um, I'm guessing it'll still follow the anime on that. Where if you die, you die. They need to get like an assault team going, and yeah, like you say, if they die, yeah, their brain gets fried. Yeah, basically. Um, and for some reason, Leafa and Silica ends up in the game. So, so Leafa was the one from the uh, second yeah, Alpha. RPG. Alpha. Yeah, it's, yeah, Alpha Online. It's his sister. And Sinon uh, is the sniper from Gungale. Huh. So, hmm. They get dragged okay. into the world random. Well, you find out Leafa. Well, I found out just now. Leafa put a nerve gear on and entered the game to come and help. But they haven't worked. They haven't figured out why Sinon's in there. Ah. Because uh, okay. uh, in the cutscene, Sinon just falls through the world, through the, through the cardinal system. Nice. Okay. Just wee. Goodbye. Um, yeah, and basically you got to just try and get through, clear the floors, at the same time do the DLC bit of Hollow Fragment. Right, so yeah, which is the, you got the, the, split the, ho- between the Hollow Area, right? The Hollow Arena. Um, uh-huh. Inside the Hollow Arena, it's better mobs and better loot, but you can only have one, well, you can only ever have one person with you. 
at a time and it's where you get the advanced weapons. Right. But at the same time you need to clear the SAO world to get through the floor so people start unlocking their gear and stuff. Right, so, you, so it's, it's designed that you sort of jump in between the two. Yeah, and you've got to try and maintain everyone's friendships and whatnot. And everyone has specific things that they want you to do. Fair like, enough. Like Sinon now wants me to just kill named mods with the, in the Hollow Arena. Right, okay, so they have their own ways of wanting to yeah. sort of level up and try and prevent dying. Yeah, uh, there's 109 people in the... Well, 109 people in the assault team. So right. I've got to make sure all 109 try and live as far up to level 100 as possible. Yeah, okay. That is. Enjoying it? Uh, mostly. You can play it for hours and not get very far. Kind of mm. deal. Okay. Like, I I think I played for 8 hours yesterday and got through 3 floors of the dungeon. Because you got to do, like, quest chains and whatnot to unlock yeah. the boss room. you got to find the boss room, then you got to do a quest to find information on the boss, and then you got to choose who you're going to bring with you. So there's a lot of, like, just grinding to do beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of the questions, uh, just for the benefit of the podcast, a lot of the questions asking do you sort of more questions to try and remember playing the game, because I've had this on... The PS4 a little bit a little while back. It's ended up on the, um, it's ended up on Steam and the humble stores and stuff like that. A lot of their games have. Um, it's been a long time since I played last. So I was just wanted to make sure that what I remembered of it was still right. Mm. But yeah, it's basically interesting. That you, if you like the anime, it kind of creates an alternative timeline for you, effectively. Yeah. See, I've never watched the anime. But I, I will say one thing about uh, what I know about the premise of the show is that I I get I have like a phobia of like like being trapped like not like in a physical sense like it's not, I'm not claustrophobic but like mm. I I have a horrible phobia of like being trapped in a metaphysical sense like I'm in an inescapable situation I, like yeah. just the premise of sort of online like makes me like like. It's like it's really scary well, yeah. the idea of being stuck inside a video game well, that I that I willingly entered. That's the scary part, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't realize until they entered that they're going to be stuck in there for two years. Well, at this point, yeah. The storyline is he's been stuck in there for two years. At this point, and he's level hundred. Well, mm. he starts off like level ninety-eight. Um, in the in the game. In the game, yeah. after he's beaten Heathcliff. Yeah. The villain of the yeah. But that's yeah, that's the thing. I think we discussed this like quite a few podcasts back, of like if we ended up in a situation where that had happened. I, I seriously, honestly feel that you know, you know what? I've 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 had a good life at that point. If it's between stuck in here for the rest of my days and then becoming uh, you know, fried brain sandwich, serve me up. Well, actually, I liked the thesis <laughs> that they used for the fourth season of SEO, well the anime version mm. um, people with terminal illnesses where they're stuck in their own body they actually plug them in full dive completely so um, they can surf the internet and be an avatar running around even though their bodies are locked down yeah I mean that sort of plays into I don't know about um, about any use how, how big are you into the TV series Black Mirror I've watched a handful of episodes with you before I've heard of it. I don't know what anything about it. Yeah, the, I mean, the general conceit is that they're like tales of the unexpected, you know, tales from the crypt style, like psychological horror-ish mm. sort of things. It's basically, technology is the premise, um, and it's generally where people have gone too far with certain technologies to the point where, you know, bad shit happens. Um, but Recently with the Netflix ones, because it started off as a couple of series on one of our terrestrial channels, Channel 4, mm. and then ended up on Netflix. Is it the Charlie um, Brooker? Yeah, it's uh, written by Charlie Brooker, very, very big TV critic over in the UK at least, and is now a very big writer. Um, did a, he did a sort of one, it was like a sort of a horror movie slash TV show before and called Dead Set, 
which was following a group of people in the Big Brother house in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. So, yeah, this TV, this Big Brother TV show was still going on, but, you know, zombies had taken over everywhere, so it just followed a bunch of people there. But, anyway, I digress. One of the episodes of Black Mirror is one of the, I'd say, two uh, programs or two episodes that have a happy ending. And this is the one where the happy ending was sort of prominent from the start. It was called San Junipero. And it followed a, a couple of women, um, you know, traipsing around in the 80s and 90s, finding trying to find each other, trying to, you know, fall in love, and one's chasing the other. And what it actually turns out is that they're in this city called San Junipero, or this town. And it turns out that that's actually a program. And it's a sort of an AI program designed for, as as, as Dee said, like, like SAO, for terminally ill patients. They get an hour a day, or something like that, um, for palliative care and stuff like that. But they also have the option at that point where if they die, and it's all signed off by a, a family member or a spouse, they can then end up being uploaded into that program where mm. they can live through this city until the point where their avatar decides they don't want enough and then they'll just be shut down. Yeah, but it's so it's a very, very, very happy story on that. But SAO is a little bit darker on that on that side really isn't it um yeah oh well in the seo one the terminal patients when they die their consciousness didn't get uploaded uh they died and in real life and in the game still but um like the only person that's meant to be still alive in the game that doesn't have a physical body is the creator well heathcliff he's he uploaded his consciousness to the net so he can be eternal. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Duncan, what have you played? So, I recently got back into a game that I had already been playing uh, previously. Uh, I just yeah. rekindled my interest in it. It's a game called Storm... Uh, what is it? Slay the Spire, that's it. I was gonna, I always say Storm the Tower, it's Slay the Spire. Uh, yeah. So, Slay of the Spire is a, it's sort of a, a, a rogue-like card-building game. Mm. So, essentially, it's like a, it's like a card, it's like a deck-building game that uh, is sort of like, like a Dominion-style game, where, you, like, you start off with, like, a shit deck, and then you slowly add better cards to it. And so, each floor that you go through on your, uh, your run, uh, you have some encounter it's usually <clears throat> whether it's like a, an enemy encounter or uh, sometimes you'll have like an elite enemy or, or there'll be chests shops whatever various different encounters at each floor uh, anytime you fight a minion of any kind you get a chance to add a card to your deck uh, at shops you can buy cards or buy potions which you can buy which let you use single like use effects right or you can pay to have cards removed from your deck you know in case you want a more in case you want a more consistent strategy yeah because that's yeah because this is going to play like any other deck builder really isn't it where if you've got you you want to sort of narrow down your scope of what you actually want in your deck i'm gonna guess yeah it's not like a commander deck where it's just frick tons of cards yeah and uh you can also pick up relics which give you like permanent you know, little buffs that persist throughout your run. With some exceptions, some have a finite number of uses. Okay. There are three classes that you can play as. One is unlockable. The the first one is called the Ironclad. He's basically like a warrior type character. His uh, main his main gimmick is centered around just sort of brute force stealing, you know, a lot of damage all at once, or like burst damage through various uh, mm-hmm. combos. Uh, he starts off with a relic that lets him heal after every battle. One of the big things about the game is that uh, health persists throughout the run. Uh, so oh, like so after each duel, after each minion encounter, you know, you still have the same amount of health as you had from the previous, unless you've done some kind of healing. So it's, it's very important. Like fate. Yeah. So it's very important that you 
keep your health high by defending and preserving your hit points as much as possible. Uh, there are a total of three, like, I'm not sure what to call it, because every stage is a floor, but I guess they have, like, three, like, layers. Uh, tiers. Yeah, like, three tiers, and um, at the end of each tier, there's, like, a big boss that you have to fight. And if you defeat the boss, your health replenishes. It's the only part, the only way in the game, other than through random special encounters, that you can fully heal. Right, okay. Mm. So that sort of gives you the sort of the concern that you would need to keep moving, then, I'm... Mm. I would probably say. Because otherwise, like you say, you're just going to... You can't just farm fall. and farm and farm and farm and farm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a it's a linear path. Like, you can only go... Like, you can only have so many fights in one floor. Like, there's like 20 or odd battle encounters you can do per floor. And you move along sort of a set... Uh, each path... Each, each time you get to a new tier, the, like, uh, paths are, like randomly generated and you'll have like and you'll see you have like four different starting points and like they can all have like d different intertwining paths along the the the, the tier and you can kind of you can kind of plan on your route ahead of time uh i think i think i've seen sort of the the maps with slay the spider because i think i've watched a i've watched a stream of it being played it's like yeah these weird like web like paths to get to like the top of each section yeah. 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 You can also heal at campfires, but uh, uh, you can heal for like thirty percent of your max HP at campfires. Uh, you can also take that time to upgrade your cards and make them more powerful. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, weighing the pros and the cons is like, you know, am I do I have enough health to make it to the next campfire? Do I? Uh, should I take this time to upgrade, or do I really need to heal? Otherwise, I'll be in trouble my next encounter yeah okay yeah cool. there's a lot of strategy involved it's not it's it's not an easy game it's 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 very com. it can be very complicated yeah it's good. it'll be like every other sort of oh, right. like really isn't it it's just sort of yeah uh, i i guess i kind of got sidetracked and i only named one of the three characters so yeah the, oh, yeah. the ironclad uh has a lot of strength and defense based uh stuff he does a lot of he can deal a lot of damage in single hits, generally. Uh, the what's the other one called? The Silent. That's it, I think. Uh, she's sort of a huntress. Uh, she's very combo oriented. Uh, she's well known for dealing small amounts of damage, like a lot of times. Uh, having a lot of low cost cards. Very focused on drawing and discarding specific cards. So it's like a goblin mill deck. I would say the Silence is probably the hardest character to play. Like, her deck is the hardest to build well. I mean, there's different ways you can play each character. Like, there's probably a good three or four viable strategies for each character, for the most part. With the exception so, of the last one. She sounds mm -hmm. like a red-blue deck, if you were playing Magic the Gathering. Yeah, she's yeah. she's she's one of the characters who's like she's probably the hardest deck to build, but she's inarguably the most powerful one if you get the perfect deck because she can literally she's really one of the only ones that where it's completely viable for you to have a deck that costs basically zero, mm. which which is a big deal because like you can if you run out of cards at any point and you need to draw, then you're your discard pile reshuffles and goes back into your draw pile. And so if you have, you know, like she has a zero-cost draw card. Mm. And so if you run out of cards in your hand and you activate your, you know, your deck is small enough and you use your zero-cost draw card, you can recycle your deck, go through all your zero cards again, and mm. reuse your draw card and over and over again. So if you have a perfect deck, you can have an infinite combo. Because mm. you got a zero mining cop. Take it you get mana per turn, or yeah, every every turn you you get the your base amount is three mana, and you know each cost you know each cards generally cost but generally cards cost between one and three with some exceptions. Mm. So yeah, if you've got a bunch of zero costs and you got like all zeros and ones, you can just splurge an entire army down in one turn. Yeah, basically, if you mm. can cycle through your entire deck for well less than 
three mana, you, you can get some pretty ridiculous combos with her. But like I say, she's mm -hmm. difficult to play. She has she's a very unusual character. Uh, the last guy who was not in the game at first, but was uh, sort of put in as DLC. Uh, I don't even remember what he's called. He's basically like a robot. I can't remember his name. Uh, he's basically a robot character whose whole thing is... He's another kind of weird character, but he's very powerful and very easy to play. He's uh, His whole thing is about channeling orbs, which basically is like... It's, it's basically this persistent effect that you can have up to three slots uh, filled with these orbs that do different things at the end of your turn. Uh, the most common type of orb you can channel is a lightning orb, which does three damage passively at the end of your turn, as soon as your turn ends. That's pretty decent. Yeah, uh, and there's lots of cards that allow you, there's lots of cards that allow you to channel additional lightning orbs. Uh, there's also mm -hmm. frost orbs, which give you block, which is your your main uh, source of defense. There's plasma, which gives you extra mana per turn. And then there's okay. and then there's dark orbs, which don't do anything except get like they like stack on themselves or every time you end your turn. And if you invoke them, which I'll explain that in a second, it, they deal a certain amount of damage based on how long they've been on your field. Uh, so invocation is when you spend an orb. Basically, you know you have three slots, and if you try to put another orb up while you have all three slots filled, it will invoke or spend the oldest orb on your field, which causes them to do a one-time, more powerful version of their normal effect. Like lightning orbs, they deal three damage passively at the end of your turn. Uh, but if you invoke them, they'll do eight damage one time. Right. Okay. So it's basically doing a trade-off. Yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, you, you risk-reward of balancing out the orbs to actually... Because you could, if you had like three lightning orbs, you could do nine damage. Then if you had a fourth lightning orb, you could do nine, the nine damage plus, well, nine yeah. damage plus eight. Now, I gotta be honest. I think that the uh, the designers of the game intended that character to be a lot more strategic than it actually is. Probably wanted you to be like, ooh, you can have like, you have to get like seven orb slots because you can. There are certain cards that let you have more orb slots. Uh, you know, it's like you build up seven orb slots, and you can have, you know, two of these orbs, and three of these Oof. orbs, and one of these, and another one of this. You know, and like really like balance your playstyle. You know, making sure you have a, a good mix of each thing. So I'm pretty sure they intended for you to do that. Uh, it turns out you don't actually need to be strategic at all, because if you have just all lightning orbs, you just win all the time. <laughs> because it turns <laughs> out being able to do nine damage distributed randomly to your enemies every turn every time you end your turn is really good. But not only is that really good, but being able to, like, you know, cycle through your lightning orbs and, like, blast the enemies with eight damage at a time while doing other effects, because most of the time you're doing something else other than just channeling orbs, is also really good. Yeah, I can see how it's problematic. Especially if, like, goblins and whatnot. If you're doing three damage, the goblin, like, a small fry things will just die. Oh yeah, yeah. You'll rip through small enemies pretty quickly. It's really great too because there are a lot of. It's kind of broken because there's a lot of minions, a lot of enemies that have very specific interactions with, like different kinds of attacks. Like there are certain enemies where it's like if you attack them directly with an attack card, or, like every card has like a different, like label to it. Different, yeah. Uh, like, if you attack them with an attack card, they might do something in response that is a negative effect. Like, they might have some kind of trigger effect in response to that attack. But most channeling effects aren't actually attack cards, and the passive ability of orbs does not count as an attack, so they don't trigger on that. So it's like you can get around so many abilities, entire gimmick, just by blasting them with your orbs. And there's also, the but the icing on the cake that really totally breaks the character is he has this power card. Uh, a power card is basically a card that you, that you spend mana one time, and it's on you for the rest of that fight. You know, it has a certain effect that, per, that persists for the rest of that combat. They have a certain power called, 
called, I think it's Lightning Storm, where basically every time you activate another power card after this one, you, uh, you channel one Lightning Orb. So, what you can do is you can build an entire deck that's just centered around power cards and having Lightning Storm, and you just cycle through so many Lightning Orbs that you just constantly invoke your lightning orbs and just blasting with 8 damage and 8 damage and 8 damage. <laughs> and it gets really ridiculous when you have multiple copies of lightning storm in your deck because lightning storm activates lightning storm if you have one active. <laughs> so you can get like 2 lightning orbs per power and it just gets ridiculous to the point where you're doing like 100 damage per turn <laughs> without actually attacking. Oh, sweet. It Right, that, that sounds like something I need to pick up. And how much is that going for at the moment? I do not know. I bought it when it was early access, and it was probably cheaper then, and I don't remember what it was what it cost then either. I think it's still technically early access. It's one of those games that's been early access for like two years, but like it's not really early access anymore. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much done. It's pretty much finished. I mean, it's more than playable. When it came out, it was playable, and now it's like basically a full game. Sweet. No worries. Right. Right? What have you been playing? Well, not exactly. Oh. So, yeah, a new challenger has arrived. He is another Canadian. He's also uh, he's also around in material gamers, just not as often as he would like to be. And he's my cousin. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, Duncan's cousin. It's Dark Anger himself. It's Terry. Yep, here to mm. crash the party. He brought his beers? Oh, I forgot. Damn. Oh well, it's alright. It's alright, you were late entering anyway, it's fine. Don't expect the beers from someone who was just like wondering whether they were going to turn up. It's all oh, good. No, that's who's supposed to bring them. The late ta- the late party beers. Ah, uh, yeah, true. I got Fair some cracking in the other room. Um, I'm good. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I've got half a bottle of cracking left from... Uh, I, well, I've got, I've got half a bottle of absolute vodka, so, you know, it's all... Hey, Doug, it's, it's, it's a little too early for you. <laughs> that's what <Yeah>. you say. <laughs> nah, it is. It's 5am somewhere. It is. It's 5 p.m. <laughs> over there. I'm currently broadcasting in the UK, so and it's 5 there. So yeah. is it really yeah. too late? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Right. Well, now now that we've got Terry here, we'll give him a quick, uh, quick few seconds to think of the the game he's been playing. And while I'll talk about the fact that I was playing Darkest Dungeon because I wanted to, it's currently a fresh save. It doesn't have the Crimson Court DLC, which does make me a little sad and it also doesn't have the the madness dlc either which makes me even more sad it doesn't make me stressed though i actually <laughs> quite quite like the game and i mean you know if there's anyone here who plays video games and doesn't know what darkest dungeon is i'll give a very very quick overview you are the uh, you are the descendant of someone who owned a really nice estate and grounds around a mansion that has been taken over by eldritch, occult, and otherworldly horrors that has left the uh, the ancestor to kill themselves and give you a letter to say, you now own this, deal with it. <laughs> so, so uh, you, deal. Yeah, so yeah, so you, you deal with it by hiring adventurers to come over and retake the grounds bit by bit so you can clear the corruption in the area um, coinciding with then or culminating in taking on the darkest dungeon a, a dungeon so stressful and taking tolls so much on human lives that anyone who enters will not enter it again um, but you have to get there first and you, you, you go through little side scrolly dungeons to kill creatures, it's all turn based the mechanic that it has on it that's, that it's known for is the stress mechanic which once a character takes too much stress either by being in the dungeon too long or, or being hit by stuff that freaks them out will then end up going insane and then if they get even further stressed they'll just cark it and die I hate it but when I get so stressed that I die yeah, it's it's just great. It's like you can get some some funny stories in it, and that's probably what I'll quickly talk about in it. So two funny stories. One Terry was involved with. Um, we had fun with it last night, and uh, the other involves uh, the uh, the good old co-founder of Immaterial Gamers, Matt. Um, I have a thing of naming my characters after people I know. It gives me it gives me the ability to try and actually you know 
deal with the fact that I may lose characters. As I would normally say don't do that in games like XCOM and stuff like that, but you know you're just going to lose a character and you're going to die. But in, in, uh, in Darkest Dungeon it does lead to funny interactions. Uh, the two main stories on there being um, that I've already suffered one loss on the campaign and that was uh, the character that I named after Matt for the first time. He got stressed in the dungeon and gained the trait of masoch uh, masochism, which means in that game they will hurt themselves to deal more damage. Same. So. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> wow. I'm currently okay. poking myself with a knife right now. Whoa, jeez. Um, yeah, so he was there. He was a hound master, so he'd send his dog flying at enemies, and then he would miss. It was like a dog-shaped boomerang. You could hear the Doppler effect of the dog as it went. Um, but yeah, his he, he was an idiot though. Well, the Doggler effect, yeah. Um, you know, the the Woofler effect. Um, but yeah, it, when you take lethal damage on the game, you can take over your hit points in damage, and you don't die then. But you'll hit a mechanic called Death Store, which means any form of damage afterwards has the potential to kill you. And Matt's character was an idiot. He hit Death Store. He was at zero health. He got to his next turn. He was like, "I know exactly ah, what to do." Yeah, I know exactly what to do. I know how to deal the damage. Slits himself. <laughs> Dies. Nice. Well, it does sound sort of like what Matt would do in real life. Um, it's a bit, it's a bit odd. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then Terry knows about the unfortunate incident last night mainly because it's in our Discord. Uh, we've got a picture of it just for uh, um, preservation's sake. But yeah, your characters can randomly gain diseases. Uh, Dee's character has, has currently got rabies, which means um, the character has less health but deals more damage. Terry contracted syphilis. Syphilis. Yeah, I got vomited on. Yeah, he got vomited on by some weird pig. Man, bear, thing, and contracted syphilis. Oh man, you didn't even contract syphilis in the fun way. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very sad day. Yeah, he's Not... he's been treated. Everything's all fine now. I've had rabies yeah. for like the Does longest it... time on that game. Is I think. there is there a treatment for yeah. syphilis? Doesn't syphilis just like kill you usually? Nah, well, the way it works is that you can put the characters in some. So it's you know it's a fantasy horror game. So. You can put them in like a treatment room, cure it. Uh, I believe uh, the Terry character's last words were, "Do you really have to use that many leeches?" Um, <laughs> and then, right yeah, out then came out quote. syphilis free. But yeah, no. Tactically, some diseases in the game, like the traits that you also randomly generate, are beneficial. So, like with D's with D's character, five percent less health, but deals ten percent more or fifteen percent more damage. I'll take it. It's a decent trade-off. You keep the rabies. The character doesn't die from the disease. They just gain the traits of it. So, yeah. But yeah, so I, I had fun there. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that I was playing Residents of Fate, I'd probably end up doing a Darkest Dungeon campaign video series. I, it might even just be in the pipeline for future. Isn't rabies... Technically lethal to humans. Yeah, uh, I think generally again, yes. So I think generally, yeah. rabies is one of those things where it's like if you get it like right away, you can deal with it. But it's like if yeah. if you're like a little bit too late, it'll just like completely ruin your life. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. then again, so syphilis. So yeah, but it it works. It keeps it going. Mm. But uh, yeah, that was that was the main game I decided to play this week. So uh, I know I know Terry's been playing a game this week. Is it something you want to talk about? Well, I. I've been playing Dungeon Defenders, but I don't know if Danny's been talking about it or not. No, Dan's no, been talking about um, Sword Art Online. Duncan talked. Uh, Duncan talked. Slay the Spire. So uh, the floor is open for you to talk about Dungeon Defenders for about five minutes. It seems like a very dungeon-oriented episode. Yeah. It's like I'm talking about dungeons. Danny's talking about dungeons. Well, levels, floors, whatever. You're talking about dungeons, and now we're Terry's talking about dungeons. Oh yeah, you have to clear a dungeon to get yeah, some and, and yeah, and and the defending thereof. Well, yeah. So the basic gist of Dungeon Defenders, a, it's a free-to-play game on Steam now, and yep. it's a mix between a tower defense and uh, sort of a MOBA hero fighting game where you defend your crystals or your final objective, and it's very grind-oriented, we've noticed now. 
where you mm. spend a lot of time grinding just to get certain pieces of like certain buffs on gear and stuff like that and me danny steph and uh who else has been playing matt's, matt's been playing a, yeah matt's been yeah. playing a little bit my girlfriend sapphire's been playing a little bit yeah seems it's been a big 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 dungeon defenders party so just hearing all this stuff like it's been a long time since i played a dungeon defenders game all this about chaos and and all that um yeah there's now up to chaos seven yeah, but what what is the concept of chaos? Is that just difficulty level or yeah, difficulty? Yeah. Um, and it adds the new thing each chaos. Basically, with the new chaos, is each level of chaos now adds one new enemy. Um, right. Okay. So you like chaos five added the sheep hawks. Sorry, Joe. Yeah, you. Some of them are more difficult than others. Like when we first got introduced to the chaos system. We are using a lot of characters that were using aura-type attacks, or trap-type attacks, which are towers and such that stay on the ground, they can't be attacked. And Chaos mm. 2 implemented a mob that uses an EMP that wipes those towers out. Okay. And so we actually had more trouble with Chaos 2 than we did with Chaos 3 or above. So it's like, yeah, each Chaos's mechanic can just be... Yeah, they basically made it so that you can't just have one build all the way through it. Okay. But a recent change, now that we're starting to get more geared and build up more gear, um, we can now use our auras against those EMP guys because mm -hmm. we've buffed our towers to recover quickly and to also stun them. Yeah. So it's just a little... At first, it was difficult because you had to customize your builds per Chaos and do certain things like, I think it's Chaos 5, the assassins start coming out, which are mobs that will teleport to players. So normally mm. players can hide behind the towers and they'll never get attacked, so a lot of people build no damage, or sorry, all damage and no health. Mm. Well, when the assassins came out, you were just pretty much dying all the time. You wouldn't be able to go around and repair your defenses, and you would lose. Yeah. So you sort of again, yeah, had to rebuild strategies. Yep. That's the yeah, whole again, really. That was the whole point of the chaos was to just add some. Fresh. Yep. Add some customization and basically make it so that you can't just have one. Like everybody just builds the same build, and you go through all the floors. They basically made it so that all the characters were useful in their own ways. And, yeah, so far, mm. a lot of us have I'm been like, having a lot of fun in it. Well, like, and along with that is the Onslaught ones, where it gets difficult to, but each lane has its own buff for the mobs. Yeah, mm. what Danny's trying to say is there's also an Onslaught, which is a floor-based system, where the first, say, 28 floors is based off your gear, give or take, you can clear a floor to go above your gear level, but as your gear level increases, you will also be able to start at a higher floor, up to level 28. Beyond that, um, they mix a lot more of all of the chaos mobs into it, so you'll get EMPs, you'll get assassins, you'll get all the different types of mobs that are in the floors, and not only that, but they've added one extra difficulty as each of the lanes has their own buff. Some of oh. them will take reduced magic damage. Some of them will take reduced physical damage. Some of them can only take damage while they're stunned or slowed. or So they really make you have to design um, each lane specifically. Phase lane's annoying where they ignore walls. So yeah. phase lane ignore walls. Vampiric... As they hit the wall, they heal themselves. Mm. The phase lane basically, they don't ignore walls. They can walk right through it. They're, it's, They're ghosts. If you watch the Flash, he can phase through things. Um, basically, yeah, they're ghosts. They they move slower, so you can kill them a little bit easier. But they will not stop at a wall. So. You basically don't build a wall in that lane, you build extra damage and keep an eye on that lane. Mm. But yeah, there's also things like Vampiric or Wall Leech, and those lanes are pretty difficult as well, because some mobs do so much damage that 
they actually will outheal the damage that's being dealt to them if they can hit something. Oh, Jesus. Because <laughs> I happened on that other map with Steph. Steph was hitting it for 2 mil damage, but it would heal 2 mil health. We had all three of us attacking it, and it was almost outhealing all of us. Put together. Jeez. Well, Dungeon Defenders truly is the Dark Souls of tower defense. Yeah, it can be pretty mean. <laughs> but it, it may be dark, but it's not the darkest dungeon. That's a different game. No, mm. no, no. Yeah. Wait until I start doing doing the old classic, uh, or the the player challenging mode of, of dark, uh, Darkest Dungeon, which is to run an entire campaign with no torches. <laughs> it has a concept on it where it's harder to play the less light there is in each dungeon. The characters get more stressed. They get easily surprised and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. well, that's just a... Well, I was thinking of Amnesia there, where you need torches to stay sane. Yeah. Yeah. Because if uh. you don't have a torches in Amnesia, you, you go insane, and the walls start pulsating blood and all sorts. Wonderful. I'm pretty sure there's someone who's played Amnesia without player light. They only use the in-game light. Oh, someone... Ooh. That'd be hard. No, don't like it. Don't like the four. Don't, don't even like Amnesia. I've got, I've got, I've got both Amnesia games in my Steam library. I haven't even installed either of them. I don't do it's, it's horror a, games. No, it is not happening. Don't ask why I've got them. They're just there. Right. So we are 50 minutes of recording, or a little less if you Terry. Um, Substantially less if you Terry. Yeah. A lot less. <laughs> yeah. So we've got three pieces of news. We've got about 10 minutes left, give or take. So I've got a dice. I'm just going to roll the news that we got. You can see the three stories and I can see the ones that we're going to discuss. Okay, so that was basically one and two. It was a six-sided dice and each two numbers were going to be one of the uh, stories. I rolled a four, which for the sake of this would mean it's story number two. Let's talk Pokemon. Let's go. Oh boy, Pokemon. Yeah. Pikachu or Eevee? Uh, both on this case. Because oh. it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing. But if I was to choose if I was to choose Eevee No, ins- Pikachu. I- I no, would I would Eevee. go Pikachu as well, even though he's like like he's I mean he's like a way worse Pokemon against the yeah. first gym, but I mean it's like a yeah, Pikachu well, man. Pikachu's annoying. Pika 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 Pika. It's like nah, yeah no Eevee Eevee it is it is insultingly cute. So is Pikachu. So is Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah, but the Eevee's call nearly. Oi 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 oi. You know, it's it's, it's nicer. Yeah, but, but Pikachu that's, that's that has to be able to evolve into three different types just isn't fair. Yeah, I I, I understand where actually, you're going. How many Eevees are? Actually, no, just a like, better Jolteon anyway. Yeah, well, considering considering Let's Go Eevee is the remake, effectively a remake of Yellow, it would just be its three forms: Flareon, Vaporeon, Jolteon. Uh, but um, anyway, this is more about the fact that uh, Let's Go P- Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee have broken a record in regards to Switch sales in the UK at least, um, where they've managed to, in one week, sold 3 million copies. <laughs> in, in was that just the UK? That's just the UK. Fuck oh me. no, sorry, no, sorry, that was British. Um, where it topped the sales of all of the titles last week, but sorry, globally it's three mil. Okay, I was gonna say it's like Jesus Christ, three million. It's just the UK. That's no, like that's, yeah, that'd be that's five percent of the UK. That's like the, that's like, the, that's like a world record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but still, it's broken. It is the it is the best fir- first week sales for a Switch game since it's come out, and that's when you even take into account of the Mario games, um, Breath of the Wild when that first came out. So yeah, Pokemon. It seems that people like Pokemon, and people like Pokemon being made a bit different because hey, of the whole twenty twenty <laughs> years, man. Twenty years, and they're yeah. still breaking records. Yeah, mm. especially with the way that they've managed to get this this sort of um, mix between your normal mainline Pokemon games and Pokemon Go. Yeah, so I've seen a little bit of gameplay. It seems like essentially it's like wild encounters are treated more like Pokemon Go. Whereas trainer yeah. combat is more like traditional Pokemon. Yeah, and and you know what? It works. Mm-hmm. I've watched mm-hmm. yeah, I've watched quite a few streams. And, and you got the Builder Bears plushies. Can I slip a su- no, something in there? Mm-hmm. And not in the wrong way. Go for it. Um, yeah. I just wanted to ask how many people still play random Pokemon games here and there? Because I know I've still uh, got an emulator on my phone. I I believe in my Nintendo DS I have a copy of Pokemon Moon. 
Um, no, which is like the newest mainline game. I've never tried that one yet. That's the one where they got the weird Alolan variants, like Hawaiian variants of Pokemon, like a Vulpix, which is an ice type. Oh, and uh, and Dugtrio, which looks like... <laughs> the Alolan Dugtrio look like a uh, 80s Hemel band. Mullets. But don't forget Alolan Executor. Yeah, which is so tall, which on Pokemon Go they had the ability to catch Alolan Executors. It doesn't fit on the screen. Yeah. Alolan Executor is just Executor, except it's 50 feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> and not like a giant, it's just like stretched 50 feet tall. Yeah. I no, um, Yeah, to, to go on that one, too. I, I've got tons of Pokemon games on there still. I've got... Yeah, got I've got Moon, I've got... Um, the redid blue, so you can just, or like red, blue, yellow, so you can just do them. And the same with gold and silver, and I think I'll pick them up as well. Because mm. why not? But especially if they're going to remake stuff like, like this, and like Alpha Sapphire, and, and all that. Yeah, they happen, they're, they're, they're good to play the, you know, the bring out the child in you. And then, then of course, uh, I say this, I'm sitting on, uh, on my desk at the moment is a copy of, I know it's not a proper Pokemon game, but I do have a copy of Detective Pikachu. See, I never got to try that one. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like a point-and-click adventure game with a gruff-talking Pikachu, who is apparently even gruffer in Japanese. <laughs> Pika Pika. Where's he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. So in the trailer for the Detective Pikachu film, the the whole bit where he's stood in like Chinatown or whatever, and he's like, "Look, can you understand him? Pika Pika. Oh yeah, he's adorable. Yeah, you're adorable. She can't hear me." Um, that's taken from the game because that happens like pretty early on as well. It's just like, can you hear him? Pika Pika. It's, it's like word for word taken. But um, yeah. So yeah, we just just had to have that, just that that bringing in there. That like you say, Duncan. God fucking damn it! Wait, right. way to go, Dunk. It's it's fine. It's fine. I edit it out. It's good. I know. Um. But um, you should put it in just just to make fun of them. What you should just do just is that you should actually like slow it down and stretch it out and like bump up the audio, like make it louder, and also mute <laughs> everyone else's audio. So it's just like it's just the ring for like ten <laughs> seconds. Like, yeah, or that could be the theme song. That could be the theme song. Could be the theme song. No, we could have the Pokemon's one of it. Phone call. Phone call. Ring 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 ring. Oh man! Ring, so. ring, 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 banana phone. It's just like <laughs> no. just, just substitute the sound of the ringing telephone with like like a Linkin Park song. <laughs> it's like calling in my skin. <laughs> Jesus. Rest in uh, peace, Chester. Yep. Rip. Uh, right. So I'm gonna do one more story I think before we wrap it up. Okay. I rolled a four. Again. Yay, more um, Eevee talk! So, no, it's not Eevee talk. No, this time I rolled a four sided dice and got number four, so, uh. What is it's it this story. We, we'll leave with something odd, because while the story of, 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 of a player in Fallout 76 who can't, literally can't die because he's got a game bug could be funny, Fallout 76 is depressing me at the moment, but, um. No, we'll go with this one. We'll go with a nice bit of odd news for the, for the end of the podcast. Uh, no so, week is complete pe- without some odd news. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's good. I mean, we had we had uh, we had Kada last week, so uh, yeah, we can have this. Who has played a game by Rare? I has probably have played a game by Rare. Yes. Perfect Dark, Banjo oh, Kazooie. Honestly, Banjo Kazooie. Viva Pinata. Um, what's his face? Uh, Conquerors, Bad Fur Day. Conquer. Uh, yeah. The Donkey Kong games. Donkey yeah. Kong countries. Yeah. They so, they made yeah, a lot of Rare. Games. Yeah, oh, they made a lot of good games, and now they're they're doing something for charity. Um, there's no other way of like sugarcoating this. Um, they've made a Dogs of Rare calendar for charity. Oh so, boy! Um, people with dogs—they may have been at Rare, they may have not been—dressed up to look like characters from Rare games, sold in a calendar. For charity, this is this is this of course is basically the Calendar Girls escalation done right. So you go for your normal calendars, and you got your hunk calendars with all the men with the tops off, and then you got the Calendar Girls calendars with all the women with the tops off, and then yeah, dogs. Dogs well, with the tops off. <laughs> <laughs> if there's shaved dogs in there, I'm gonna be very worried. 
<laughs> no, but it's like oh, I mean the Doctor Top's on. on I've seen actually. Yeah, I should mention for uh, for purposes, the Pokemon article came from Eurogamer. This one came from Kotaku, and uh, yeah. So for nine pounds, uh, for nine pounds ninety nine, you can <laughs> you can buy the Dogs of Rare calendar for twenty nineteen, with all profits going to the charity Special Effect, which is a uh, um, sort of game um, sort of people with disabilities to help them with gaming. And stuff like that, but yeah, just looking at this like picture of this big dog with perfect dark posters in the background. To be honest, he doesn't look like he wants to be there. Dogs never look like they want to be there when they're taking having their photo taken. Yeah, yeah. But then there's a uh, there's July's there's July's calendar which is at the bottom of the article, which is uh, the dog called Bailey. It's just wearing a pirate outfit. Yar. <laughs> just loving it. Bailey jumps at the chance to spend his days at Rare, imagining himself sailing the seven seas. Don't be fl- fooled by his fluffy exterior. He's a real buccaneer. Uh, he just looks odd. Mm. I mean, to be honest, though, he, you could say that he looks depressed, but no, he actually looks quite proud, staring off into the distance, dreaming of sailing the seven seas. He's probably just dreaming about the next time he's going to have a meal. He's probably dreaming I, about the treat that's being held off camera in the direction that he's looking, so that he takes <laughs> a certain pose. Yeah, quick, get that fish. Get that fish. You know you want it. I've worked with dogs for six years. You can't fool me. I know how this stuff works. Yeah, you just pull the treat and then you can do the treat treat commands. All they want is food or attention. Yeah. Sometimes both. Oh, they've got both. Preferably <laughs> yeah. both. Uh, oh, there was just something nice and odd to end the podcast with this week, I think. Because it just, you know, Dungeon. for all the hype... Dungeons and Doggos. Dungeons and Doggos. Well, there's the name of an episode right there, isn't it? Yes. Dungeons Perfect. and Doggos. There you go, Duncan. Dun- I did yeah, it. There we go. To be fair, I have I have named like half of the episodes. Yeah, Duncan provides good titles for for these episodes. It just you know it just works. It just works very well. Right, but we will call that a wrap for this week. I think so. Uh, yeah, uh, I'd like to to thank uh, Duncan, D, Terry. For all provide, you're Terry. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> him. <laughs> That's very old. Not him again. <laughs> so that was that was weird. Uh, yeah, and then um, do all the the usual business: the likey, sharey, subscribey thing with the bell for YouTube. The we are on iTunes. We, we are, are on also iTunes. here. Nobody is aware of that yet, except for us. But yeah. we are on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, we're also on podcast.com. Oh, are we uh, now? Where, where, where there's six downloads of the podcasts. Five of those may have actually been done by me by mistake. Um, <laughs> way to go, Tiz. Sorry. Artificially actually, no, inflating I'm, I'm, our download statistics. Sorry, sorry, yeah. I'm wrong on that one. All six may have been accidentally done by me by mistake. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, Downloading us on multiple devices doesn't count, Chiz. It doesn't make our um, lo- our views and stuff better. No, no, no. It's true. It's true. But if it, if Get it works, auto refresher yeah. for uh, our YouTube page. No, oh, oh, no, we're not doing that again. I've already been in trouble with Google once. Oh, that yeah. sounds like a story for next but, time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no. In that case, until next time, uh, have a good week. Don't kill each other, please. Don't. I prefer to not see it on the news. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Duncan will be dead. Bye. 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 Bye.